Welcome back, Aspire listeners. It has been a busy week. As you know, the Teach Better 22 conference was one week ago, and it was absolutely amazing to see so many fantastic educators. But I also had a chance to present Aspire to Find Support, where I got to share the importance of mentorship in all areas of life. But I didn't just stop there. I got to present also at Western Reserve ESC in Ohio, where We talked about trauma-informed strategies, and I get to go back a couple more times virtually to discuss social-emotional learning, relationship strategies, and then also restorative practices. So, so excited to expand on that topic. But then, you know, at Teach Better 22, I got to meet so many educators that I had never touched base with. And if you are new to the Aspire to Lead podcast, I just wanted to say thank you for joining the show. I hope you enjoy the conversations that we have with so many amazing leaders, and you continue to find actual items to enhance your skills. For this week's episode, this is a topic that's extremely close to my heart as I started my career as a paraprofessional working with special education children. And then, of course, as an administrator, I was in charge of the SPED department for nine years. And of course, with children in special ed, this is a topic that all educators can expand upon. Just the other day, I spoke to a friend who's an administrator, and they were just sharing how their special education population has increased and how it really has consumed a great deal of their time, and they just wish that they had more education on all of the different spectrums and special education services provided to their students. So I couldn't think of a better guest to have than Rose Griffin, who's a speech and language pathologist and board certified behavior analyst. And she not only is working in public schools, but also has her own private practice, ABA speech. And we're going to learn a lot about what she provides as far as services and how she supports so many in education around autism and special education. Welcome back everyone to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire listeners, I am so excited for this conversation because I have a fantastic educator who is going to enlighten us on so many different topics. Rose Griffin is with me, and Rose, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Excited excited to chat. I know. I, I have just a little inkling of what's going on in your world. I'm so excited to learn more. So will you just share a little bit about your educational and leadership journey? Absolutely. So I've been a speech therapist in the schools for 20 years, and I'm also a board certified behavior analyst. And I did that 10 years ago. So there are only 500 people who are duly certified. And so that makes me kind of in a small little niche area on my own. So that's really a cool way to be able to help my clients. And I also have my pupil services licensure. So I always kind of thought way back when that I wanted to be a special education director. I never did reach that. And I really would not want that job anymore because (laughs) it feel like a lot of people are are mad at you. So you need a lot of problem solving skills, which I have, but I work very closely with our director and I've held positions that were administrative positions. I was an autism facilitator down in Austin, Texas for three years. And I really love that job because 
It was a huge district, Leander ISD, about 35 schools. It's grown so much since I've been gone about 10 years ago. And I loved it because once a month I would go in and I would do a training for the speech language pathologist, all about autism and communication, which is my passion. And then throughout the month, I would go out and I would visit them on campus and I would help them utilize the strategies that we had talked about. And what's so interesting about this is that now with my own business, ABA Speech, I'm really doing almost the same model where I have courses, I have my podcast, I'm disseminating and sharing information. And then people that want to learn more and go deeper and do something paid have many different avenues to do that. So it really kind of started in the schools about 15 years ago in this position that I had. That's awesome. And I want to expand a little bit about uh, what you did in the public schools, and then we'll kind of focus on what you're doing now. Yeah. So when you were in the public schools, you were an autism specialist. So what was that role? And what were you yeah. doing in the classrooms to help support teachers? Yeah, absolutely. So I held positions as a speech language pathologist. So as a school based SLP. So I saw not just students with autism, I saw everybody from pre-K through 22. And I really love working with all ages. And when I was a facilitator, I would do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with school teams. So I would visit the speech therapist. I would go to very contentious meetings because I also have experience working in non-public programs. So schools where the public school is actually paying to educate the student at the separate placement because the student, usually in my case, they had unsafe problem behavior. And so I got a lot of experience being in meetings that were extremely contentious with lawyers and advocates and special education directors and people questioning my goals for an hour and, yep. and things like that. So I really try to help school teams kind of navigate those environments because it's not that I'm not nervous to be in those situations, but it's just something I've been doing for 20 years. So that was a big part of my job too, is to go into these meetings where the parents and the school team were having some disagreements yeah. and trying to, to get some common ground there. Well, as a former administrator, I was in plenty of meetings that sound just like that. <laughs> yes. So, I know exactly the, that world and um, working through goals and, and just, you know, making tweaks constantly of, of the language. So mm -hmm. as far as the communication piece, I know that's a, a huge passion of yours. When did it come into play, you know, within that 20 year frame in the public schools that you kind of honed in and said, okay, I, I love this piece working with the world of autism, but specifically in communication? I really think it was in my graduate training to become a speech therapist. I worked with a public school speech therapist. That was part of my coursework to become a speech therapist. And so when I was getting my master's degree, I worked with somebody in the public school and she saw all different types of students, but we did have one room that had students with high support needs. And so they weren't speaking. Some of them engaged in problem behavior, but those were always my favorite students to see. I was just so excited to help them, to support them, to help them on their communication journey. And so it really started all all that long time ago. And so I've always been taking positions where I was going to be working with autistic learners. And then about six years ago, I had an idea for a physical therapy product, meaning I actually make it, we sell, we sell it. Actually, 500 of them just are in my garage right now. They just got <laughs> delivered today. As a matter of fact, it's on my Instagram story. And so then, you know, then I had my business and I was like, now I need a blog and I need yeah. a website and I need a place to sell them. And, and then eventually I need a podcast. I know we'll talk about that. But sure. from that, it just kind of snowballed into what I'm doing now at ABA Speech. I love it. Yeah. So yeah. you have a lot to unpack in just that little answer because it's this progression of 
I see a need. I'm going to do something about it, which I, I'm curious now about the product. Like, what is it that helps support <laughs> those um, in need? And like, what was your journey from there to then building your own business? Absolutely. So I have this set of cards called the Action Builder Cards. It's a hundred flashcards. And what happened was I was constantly training staff in the schools and in the non-public programs on how to make flashcards for autistic learners. And so let's say we have a student who's working on labeling eating. We're not going to just show him one picture of eating pizza. We're going to show him many different pictures. And there's a science behind that. It's called multiple exemplar training so that when they see any picture of someone eating, they're going to know that that's eating. That's as simple as that. So I was literally doing <laughs> PD trainings with my staff, my parapros and my one-on-ones about how to use Google slides, to, how to make these cards. And it seems so silly that there was nothing out there right. that had this. So I was just kind of verbalizing my thoughts and funny enough, my neighbor knew a designer and then I worked with this designer, which I had never done. And then I needed a printer and I navigated that and that was a whole thing. And then I had to order 500 sets, which was super, super scary, <laughs> but I, I had already had distributors kind of lined up and yeah. not because I had any kind of online platform. I just was really passionate and I was just like calling people and people were actually taking my calls. And so when I had ordered them, I already had a couple people lined up to sell it, which was nice. Yep. And then I was like, oh my goodness, now I need a website. And how do I do that? And I started on Wix. I have a neighbor who's also an entrepreneur and she literally came to my house and helped me, you know, do it, which actually is very easy to navigate yep. if you're just starting out. For sure. And, and you know, now I'm on WordPress, got a tech team, I'm migrating my website is a big headache and all the for <laughs> issues, but it all started very, very simply that way. Yeah. You know, I think people are taking your calls because like you said, it's something that you all use or probably are right. to reinvent the will over and over again. And mm -hmm. it's simple of, of finding some cards that right. are already designed yes. for you. So I love it. Um, but you also talked about some other resources and, and platforms that you use. Um, I know you've got a YouTube page and there's some several videos that I was looking at that have thousands of views on different strategies. So, you know, for those who are looking for potentially some communication strategies, like what do you suggest as far as those? And then where can they find them? Yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. So ABA speech, you can find me anywhere using ABA speech. I um, sharing daily on Instagram. Yep. So Instagram now is all short form video is just on a call with a social media coach who is <laughs> talking me through all the content that we need to make as a team. And I've even dipped a toe into TikTok and go. I'm a big fan. So if you want to learn more about autism and communication, I am sharing daily on those platforms. And I really enjoy that type of engagement with people that need that information and find it helpful. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about your podcast too, because you brought that up and it's the Autism Outreach Podcast. And mm -hmm. I know you've been doing it for a couple of years. I love hearing origin stories. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of walking through, you know, where it started and what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So I had been, because I had this brand and it's about five years old, I have been on almost all the speech therapy podcasts. They're not really a ton, you know, speech therapists, there's not 
a million of us. Yeah. So everybody kind of knew about my spiel, what I was passionate about talking about autism and communication. So it was very nice. And I was very honored. I was on a lot of different podcasts and I started thinking, gosh, no, I want I want to have some guests on my podcast. I want to have those same questions that I always ask. And these are my dream list. And so I got into this rhythm of guesting on podcasts often. And I still do because I really enjoy the platform of doing a podcast. And so I took a course called Power Up Podcasting from my business mentor, Pat Flynn. Yeah. And I remember it was just so step by step. It wasn't scary. It was like, okay, buy this microphone and you, you know, you can learn how to edit it. I do have a podcast manager and editor. I've had that since day one because I knew that I wouldn't be able to do it myself. And so that's been super helpful. And I'll never forget before I pressed record on my first podcast episode, it was a day I'm here in Ohio. So we have snow days <laughs> and we had a snow day unexpected. And I was filming in my walk-in closet and I felt extremely nervous, which is so funny because I do trainings every single week for hundreds of people, but I was butterflies nervous and it was just me. I wasn't even interviewing anybody, <laughs> but I think it's like, what are people going to think? And you know, you have all these ideas, but that was it. I mean, I just started it. I absolutely love it. I think it's such a fun way to connect with other people. And now that I have an audience and I know what they want to know more about, and, you know, sometimes I'll pick a, a guest that is kind of, you know, something I want to learn more about yeah. too. And I know that they'll benefit. So I really love kind of curating that experience for my listeners and my followers. And, and that's it. And we're close to taping episode hundred, which I'm just so, so excited about. And the other thing that's been amazing is that I've actually been on Pat Flynn's podcast. He has awesome. two podcasts. Thank you. I've been on, he's interviewed me twice for Ask Pat. And then I actually did a solo show for his main podcast, all about using TikTok for your small business. And it was so amazing because for five years driving to work, I listened to his yeah. podcast and he has an announcer that does a funny little <laughs> bit every single episode. And that was me. He was asking me, what do you want them to say? And so I'm from Akron, Ohio, where LeBron James is from. And we put something cool together. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that was the highlight of my life, pretty much, you know, hearing that announcer who I've been listening to for so long, for five years, and they were talking about me. That was really such a cool moment in my entrepreneur journey. Yeah. And think of where you started to where you are now. That's fantastic. And yeah. Pat Flynn, huge fan of his show. If anyone's listening, he does a wonderful job. And um, that's so cool that you got to be on a show multiple times. And yeah. then, okay, snow days. I know I live in <laughs> Texas. We get snow weeks. You can get a snow day. I did get one in Austin because yeah. snow actually hit the ground and the ground was white. And yeah. then it makes sense. You can't go Everyone anywhere. freaks out and they, they cancel do. school for a really long time. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Do. Makes sense. <laughs> well, I know you also provide trainings and courses within the many things that you do within your business. So for those in the special ed world and are looking for some additional trainings, what can they find on your website and other platforms? Yeah, we have courses that are for speech therapists, teachers, and what's great about our courses, they go more in depth. So they're each five hours in length and they're all about autism and communication. So we have one called Start Communicating Today, which is for younger students. We have Help Me Find My Voice, which is for school-age students. And these are for students who are not yet speaking. So those students that are really hard to reach. And now with the incidence rate of autism being one in 44, mm -hmm. there are so many 
people affected by autism and then us as educators are wanting to support our staff. So we have lots of groups of staff that take our courses and we just launched a new one called the Advanced Language Learner. And that is for students who are talking just a little bit and where do we go from there? So we love being able to support teams that way, school teams where everybody can take the courses together at their own pace. And then we also offer them live as well. So I know like in every school, like you said, one in 45 students Mm -hmm. have autism. If there is an autistic student in a classroom or, you know, a leader administrator has, you know, them in the cafeteria or various places, right in the school building, you know, what are some things that would be helpful for them? You know, maybe if they don't have a whole lot of experience in that realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think making sure that you collaborate with the providers, so either the resource teacher or the speech therapist, to know how to most effectively communicate with the student. And that was something that I always did at our staff meetings, especially before COVID, kind of made everything complicated. But I would do an annual training about autism and communication. It was based on the students' needs. So, you know, I was working in a middle school, high school. So we had students that were very conversational, but maybe they were hesitant to do group work or maybe they had some other concerns. And so sometimes teachers can be hesitant and not know the best way to deal with some of those situations. Or when COVID came up, I had a student who you know, didn't want to wear a mask and that was mandated by our school. So asking for a mask break and all those different things that happen. And so I was always there to be a support, but I think just understanding what is the best way to communicate with the student. And if it's a student who's not yet speaking, having visual supports is very, very important as well. And autism is such a huge umbrella of a term. There Mm -hmm. are vastly different abilities there um, for each student. And so you know, when working with schools, because, you know, you have a lot of experience in that, what was maybe one major misconception that you had to continue to teach and make sure that they understood the realm of autism? Yeah, I think sometimes people, especially for students that were very conversational and, you know, gifted even, Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for people to understand why can't they just understand that they can't take a mask break now? Or why can't they just be in the classroom and learn like every single person? It's like, well, you haven't shown any visuals and you've been talking for 50 minutes. Like no one's happy now. You know what I mean? So I think just trying to navigate some of those things and every teacher is so different and every administrator is so different. So what I try to do is really just advocate for what does a speech therapist do and just letting people know I'm here to support you. I'm, I'm here to support you so that people feel comfortable just popping in your office to ask questions. Because honestly, I know we both know this. That's like where you get the most bang for your buck oh is like gosh. some of those pop-in meetings, not, not the formal meetings where everybody's invited and everything is uptight. It's like when somebody comes into your room and is like, pop, 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 and then you can like support them that way. So just keeping the lines of communication open, I think are important. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we we constantly, I mean, I was meeting with special education leaders and teachers all the time because like you said, that that is where I could have very specific questions that we're targeting just for myself and (laughs) not for the entire group. So any leader that's listening, make sure that your special ed team is your best friend because it's (laughs) extremely important. Well, let's let's talk about leadership advice because I love going back to the original point of this podcast, which is for Mm -hmm. aspiring leaders. And if there's anything that you would advise, maybe someone could do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership journey, what would that be? 
I think just working on your communication skills, knowing that, you know, how are your one-on-one communication skills? Do people understand your message? Do people feel comfortable talking with you about things? Because sometimes, especially as an administrator, you can come off certain ways that you're not available or you're too busy. And so just really advocating for that. And then also analyzing your public speaking skills as well. That's such an important part of being an administrator. I just finished a speaking mastermind and it was really, it was a splurge for me in my business, but there were people in the group that have given Ted talks that have had millions of views. And here they are listening to me talk about autism and communication, which was just beyond amazing. But I, it's something I know that I want to get better at because when I get better at that, then I can reach so many more people with my message. So whatever you're passionate about, just analyze your communication style and, and work on those things that may be areas that you need to work on. Yeah, communication is such a huge piece. And it doesn't matter what role you are in education or if you got your own business, it, it, you have to work on it just like everything <laughs> yes. else. So um, kudos to you to take a, a master class. That had to be kind of nerve wracking. It was, it was. I just did my final <laughs> speech this week. It was amazing. Yeah, but it was very cool. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about how people can connect with you because I know you have a wealth of resources for them. So what is the best way to reach out via social media or your website? If you look up ABA speech across platforms, my website is abaspeech.org. That's where you will find the Autism Outreach Podcast that drops every single Tuesday about autism and communication. And we have free courses and also paid courses as well. Wonderful. And I'm going to have all of those links in the show notes, including your YouTube. I don't know. I might throw your TikTok on there too. Just for <laughs> folks to- yes, please. <laughs> like, subscribe, and follow. Smash that subscribe button, Smash please. Smash it, please. Yes. So- Rose, you've got such a wonderful business and platform. I, I love everything that you're doing. And I'm just so thankful that we have you to, to lean on, especially on such an important topic for all schools, because this, this is something that's prevalent, like you said, one in 45. So that's, that's a staggering high number. And we need to make sure that we are appropriately supporting the, the needs of those students. So I just love everything you're doing, like I said, and I just appreciate your time this evening on the Aspire to Lead podcast. It was great to connect. 